Welcome to Unsung Heroes with Johnny, Daniel, James, and Sam. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Welcome to the Unsung Heroes podcast. I'm Johnny and I'm joined with a few of my friends. We have Samuel. Hello, hello. And we have Daniel. Hi. And unfortunately, you'll notice that James is not with us this week. Uh, James is actually out of town. He's visiting his hometown (laughs) in Louisiana. Yeah, so sad. sad. Yeah, but uh, that's okay. You know, we still have the three of us. So, uh, and you know what? While he's road tripping back, he can listen to this episode and yes, he can. think about all that he's missing. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, James. He'll think about all the moments that he would have interjected. Man, why did you guys make this archaeological joke here? Oh, darn. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. I, was te- I was telling my wife that when we record this episode, it's going to be an extremely dumbed down version. And we're going to be asking each other, like, oh, when when was uh, World War II? Like, was no. all these all these Okay, dates? give us some credit, dude. Like, we're not, <laughs> <laughs> we're not that dumb. Well, the, sc- the scholar, the historian's gone, so. Yeah. He really the, does have a lot of those, those insights that we could yes. all learn from. Yeah, that's true. Well, he'll just have to fill us in next week with all he'll the just inconsistencies. Us. Well, yeah, he'll. I'm sure like next week he'll be like, okay, here are my notes from last week's episode. I'm just going <laughs> to fill you guys in. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this week uh, I'm, I'm the one presenting and I've got a pretty interesting person here to talk about. Uh, her name is Mary Fields or Stagecoach Mary as her, uh, what was her nickname? Huh. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, pre- she lived a pretty interesting life, did a couple of very interesting things. And uh, I think we're going to... Have a, have a fun time with it. So, Is there a cool story of how you stumble upon her? Are you just Googling? Yeah, mostly just Googling. I, I wanted to find somebody from this uh, kind of time period, which was um, the late 1800s, mid to late 1800s, kind of in the U.S., the transition from uh, slavery out of slavery. Mm, uh, interesting. So uh, I found this, uh, this person, Mary Fields. She... Actually, was born a slave um, oh, wow. in in 1832, uh, and so she was already 33 years old when uh, slavery was outlawed and she gained freedom. Oh. Um, wow! So she probably saw a lot of crazy things in her yeah. lifetime. Well, you know what's interesting is actually not very much is known at all about her life in, in slavery. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. She was in Tennessee. She was um, an enslaved person for that entire time growing up, but there's not actually very much known at all about her early life or even like up until she Mm. gained freedom, actually. So Mm. I feel like that's an unfortunate pattern that we see kind of, I don't know, in the history of the U.S. Like, I mean, you just don't get much information about the history of like specific biographies of slaves or. Yeah. When was she born? Uh, 1832. 1832. So like a hundred years after her in Tennessee was Vivian Thomas and he had to endure, you know, a bunch of hardships, but kind of in Tennessee is where he Mm, kind of started cementing his medical professional career. So Mm, in just a hundred years, it's like so much changed yet at the same time, so much was still very similar. Some of those cultural, I don't know, 
cultural issues were probably still yeah still active. Well, you know what's interesting is that Mary Fields' story actually kind of does show some of that change, like from. You know, she was in slavery at this point, and then by the time she actually died, you know, you can actually tell, like, there are points in her life when you can see things are changing. She's, like, getting different positions and stuff like that. But I'm I'm getting a little ahead of myself there, but you'll Mm. be able to see that change a little bit. Wow, that's Um, awesome. Yeah, so let me go ahead and jump into it. So, as I said, she was born a slave in Tennessee uh, in 1832, gained freedom in 1865 at the end of the Civil War. Um, interestingly, so, you know, by the time she was a full grown adult in her thirties, she was six foot and 200 pounds and was supposedly super strong, uh, Mm. and did a ton of work Mm. in slavery. She would do quote unquote work that was like men's work, like hauling stuff Uh, and that kind of stuff. So it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, just that kind of tidbit, uh, which Mm. also comes up later in her life, but. Um, So after she gained freedom, um, she worked in the home of Judge Edmund Dunn. She was kind of taking care of their children and and doing work around their house and property. So in 1883, so this is, you know, several years later, Dunn's wife dies. uh, And so Mary has to actually take the children to live with their aunt. Um. Hmm. And the children's aunt was actually a Catholic nun, uh, Mother Mary Amadeus. Hmm. Uh, and she lived in a convent in Ohio. So uh, I'll, I'll call her just Mother Amadeus because we, there's two Marys here. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right. So Mary Fields is, is the, the main Mary, and then Mother Amadeus is uh, the, the children's aunt. Um, and there is kind of a, a rumor about this connection here. Some people think that Mary Fields actually knew uh, Mother Amadeus when they were both children uh, and and Mary Fields was a slave. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of been put in question, like whether or not they knew each other and, and they had that kind of uh, friendship at that age. I feel like if this was being made into a movie, that would be... A definite part of the plot right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They throw it in. Uh, yeah. So they, uh, Mary Fields takes the, takes the children. They go to live at, in this convent in Ohio. Uh, and they stay there for at least a year. Uh, but in 1884, Mother Amadeus is actually transferred to St. Peter's Mission in Montana. Um, and she's sent there to start a school for Native American girls. Hmm. And... So Mary Fields is still in Ohio at this point, and Mother Amadeus is in Montana, but Mother Amadeus gets pneumonia and asks Mary Field to move there to actually help take care of her. So she does this. Wow. Uh, so Mary Fields move, moves all the way to Montana to take care of Mother Amadeus. Uh, but she recovers, and Mary stays at St. Peter's uh, for quite a while after that. Uh, so now she's in Montana. She's at this Catholic mission, and she starts doing a lot of the kind of hard labor around the mission. She hauls freight. She grows vegetables, tends chickens, does the laundry. Wow. She even, like, repairs the buildings and stuff like that. And this gets noticed by a lot of, like, the people in charge. So she gets hired as the 
overseeing manager, quote unquote, of the whole nice. grounds. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> she sounds like an extremely selfless person. So it's nice that it's being recognized. I know. Just being yeah. able, like willing to follow wherever these people need her is just quite an impressive attribute. Yeah, and like just to put that much hard work into this in this uh, uh, Catholic mission, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know what's interesting is that she was kind of known around town at, to go into like bars and saloons and drink with all the men and like <laughs> kind of ha- roughhouse with them as well. Uh, so it's kind of weird. Like she had this uh, obviously compassion and selflessness of like helping out in the mission, but she was also kind of this like roughhouser a little bit <laughs> well um, it's like sorry guys can't go to the saloon today i'm helping out in the mission yeah i have to teach the orphans <laughs> <laughs> i'll drink with you later uh so uh, what's interesting is this whole like being in the bars and saloons actually leads to a, a, an incident uh in 1894 so this is 10 years after she moved there um, and she's kind of this manager of the grounds she has this incident with one of her subordinates There was a man who was working for her as one of the groundskeepers or, you know, one of the laborers. Um, And he apparently did not like that she was in charge of him or that she got paid more than him. Um, It's not Mm. really sure what it was about, but it was it was had to do with with his subordination. And he didn't he didn't like that she was in charge of him pretty much. Uh So it could have been a racial thing or like gender thing. Yeah. But uh, this actually supposedly according to rumors this led to a gunfight actually oh wow oh uh-huh. uh, in which i don't think anyone was actually hurt but this did kind of put a bad light on her in in yeah. the in the eyes of the catholic diocese so the bishop actually fired her from oh, her no. position oh you're fired for firing your gunfire <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh which is really unfortunate, but, you know, it did kind of let her move on to some more interesting things. So she stayed in Montana and she actually opened up a restaurant in Cascade, which she would generously serve food to people even if they couldn't pay. Wow. Um, so that kind of also shows more of her like graciousness and generosity, you know. But unfortunately, that actually led to the restaurant not lasting very long. And <laughs> I was uh, about right. to say, I'm like... That's great, but how did the restaurant do? <laughs> yeah, no, she she had to close it down after only 10 months, hmm. unfortunately. But this is where it gets pretty interesting. And this is after this point is when she starts to get this nickname, Stagecoach Mary. So in 1895, so she is 63, okay? Uh, she actually acquires the contract for a star route of the U.S. Postal Service. So let me kind of explain. A what now? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me explain <laughs> what that means. So the U.S. Postal Service at this time technically didn't hire anyone to deliver mail. They actually contracted out the delivering of mail. Oh. Huh. So they actually would sell these contracts to individuals or organizations who could then run the routes themselves or hire workers to run the route and kind of run it as their own miniature business under this contract. Hmm. So it's it's a pretty interesting system, but in essence, they kind of like had this application and uh, selling process of these contracts to see like who 
individual or organization could like run this certain route in this, in this certain area of the country. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So uh, in order to get the contract, you had to actually prove that you had the means to deliver the mail and you have to pass this application process. Interesting. Yeah, so Mary won the contract because she was the fastest applicant to hitch a team of six horses. Uh-huh. Okay, she's 63 years old. Oh and my gosh. Of all the applicants in uh, this star route in Montana, she was the fastest to hitch a team That's of six horses. That's insane, too, because I imagine Montana would have a lot of very capable people when it comes to horses. Right. Yeah. I could just imagine like this being like a little contest. Just imagine if we did that nowadays. Like that would be like put that on TV or something like that. Like little races. I wish that mail was still delivered by horse. That would be great. That would be cool. Yeah. But this uh so she she becomes the first African American woman to work for the US Postal Service. Wow. Uh, and and to become a mail carrier. Yeah. Well, that's that's quite the title there. Yeah. It is an yeah. accomplishment. Especially at 63. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that could be so easily neglected. Like That's the that's the point that I kept thinking about as pretty impressive. I I doubt I could at 63 become a mail carrier like hitching six horses right and driving across Montana to yeah. deliver mail. I would have loved to have seen her in action, you know, like delivering mail and just like hitching the horses. How she would have done that so quickly. Matt, if she was a thing now, she would be such a local hero in the area. You know, you'd get like Reddit posts about her every day. Well, yeah. So what's interesting is that she actually does kind of... Go on Reddit? <laughs> no. No, she, she kind of becomes a local, not, I wouldn't say hero, but like a local uh, celebrity sort of in Cascade, Montana. Oh, wow. Um, so she drives her route with horses and one mule named Moses. I just I thought that was <laughs> Thank interesting. Thank you for that pertinent information. <laughs> I thought it was just a funny piece of information. A mule like, named Moses. It's a it's a great name for a mule, I think. But she gains this reputation for being extremely reliable with delivering mail. She well, some sources say she never missed any deliveries. Oh. Wow. And so this is when she kind of earned the nickname Stagecoach Mary because she was just so reliable. Oh, this man. gotcha. And uh, so, you know, Montana is not an easy place to live, let alone drive across to deliver mail. You know, she didn't necessarily drive across all of Montana. She had a specific area in Montana, kind of between Cascade and where this uh, Catholic mission was. Uh, but it gets pretty snowy up there. So when there was too much snow for her to drive her horses, she would deliver the mail on foot in snowshoes. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. She had like this Santa Claus type sack thing that she would sling over her back (laughs) and then just like walk through the snow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Which again, she's in her 60s. Like I, that's the part that I'm like, that's so impressive. I, yeah. She will go through field and snow. Yeah. Through fast rushing rivers and trees. (laughs) Yeah, just to deliver the mail. But I mean, when you think about it, like we think these days we're like, okay, mail, big deal. So you're giving people bills. But like back then, that was like (laughs) the main means of communication. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Such an important way to, I don't know, contact anybody outside of your town or even within your town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we, I mean, while we recognize that mail was a big deal back then. I think we don't know the extent of how important it was because we just don't live in it. 
Right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, today, like, the only mail that I get is maybe a random birthday card from a grandparent. <laughs> it, like, if it's not that, then it's junk mail and bills. Like, that's it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I'll send then, you a letter. Right. Aww. Yeah, no, but... but Oh, wait, Sam, I just... Oh, You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> now, Johnny, you I feel bad. that. You don't even know my address. <laughs> okay, oh, I will. For any listeners wanting to send me anything in the mail, here's my <laughs> yeah, address. Just, how about you give it right now on the <laughs> no, podcast? No, just... We'll make Monday like mail Johnny day. <laughs> Dude, we I, I should, you know, that'd be interesting if we like set up a P.O. box or something and oh, we could yeah. like go and fan mail. get some fan mail. Wow. <laughs> Maybe if we, uh, if we get enough listeners, we could start doing that. Yeah, we can do episodes where we open up the letter like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. This this is from Josh296. Uh, your podcast suck. Okay, all right. Okay. No, we're not leaving that one. Well, uh, we should really vet these. You'd think we'd vet these before we release. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she does this for eight years. To 70 in her 70s. Yeah, right? yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Until she was 71. And she does it all on her own with these horses and wow. on foot. Mm. So she retires from that contract after eight years uh, in 1903. Um, and she starts to go uh, back and do some other things that she's skilled in, which is, um, you know, taking care of people's children. And, and she starts this like laundry service out of her home and stuff. But she was very res- respected in town. So what's interesting is that at around this time, the state of Montana passed a law that actually forbidden women from entering saloons. But the mayor of Cascade granted her an, an exemption. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like her highest honor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so she's, she could still be found in like brawling with those guys, drinking and <laughs> drinking and delivering mail. Some, some yeah. foreigner guy comes in and is like, what's that lady doing in here? <laughs> oh, that's stagecoach I, mayor right there. Stagecoach mayor. <laughs> you must be new here. <laughs> <laughs> she earned that. Yeah. Do like a crossover between the, the film noir with the Western sort of music. <laughs> You must be new here. <laughs> you must be new here. A stagecoach Mary. Nobody dares cross her. <laughs> uh, so she um, she lives for about 11 more years after that. Um, she dies of old age at the age of around uh, 82 um, in 1914. Um, wow. And I mean, wow. we don't know exactly what of, but, you know, just generally old age uh, there in Montana. So... Yeah, that's uh, that's the life of what a Mary remarkable Fields. lady. I'm really impressed. Like she's she just seems tough, you know. Yeah. Like we'll just go through anything to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sort of employee you want, you know. Yeah. And and you know what's I think just kind of striking to me is that like I'm sitting here in in pretty much my early to mid twenties, thinking that I've got to like do all this significant stuff when she did so many awesome things not only after the age of 30 but after the age of 60 right is when she started doing this mail carrier thing which must have been super difficult and tough and earned her her nickname and her reputation and so it's just like starting so late in life she did so many incredible things and to think that she was drinking and brawling at age 70 that would have been that would have been quite a sight well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much actual <laughs> brawling she did. Um, well, man, but, our yeah. podcast has gone from strictly facts to a lot of interpretation. 
Yeah. She's like punching the bartender. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. One time when she was 85, she fought 10 men in the bar by herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still it's going to like blow, yeah, blow up. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, she was at least led into saloons and did, probably did some drinking, but I don't know how much brawling she did at that point. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's Mary Fields. Oh, thanks, Johnny. Yeah. That was Thank really, you, Johnny. pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So we've got a uh, kind of a, a Western style poem here that we're each going to say a stanza of. So it's kind of like spoken word song. Yeah, poetry. that's right. Fits we're the still theme. singing, just yep. in the least singing way possible, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go, guys. There goes Stagecoach Mary, delivering all that mail. Nothing's gonna stop her, come rain, snow, or hail. With her trusty mule Moses, she never missed a stop. In every single brawl, she'll always come out on top. She starts her route at 63, drinking whiskey fine. She'll be known throughout the town to always be on time. All right, so there we go. Another another song sung, another hero sung about. Good work, guys. Yeah, yeah. good job, all. Yeah. Any uh, any closing thoughts, guys? I feel like I need to go thank my mailman, or just tell him <laughs> that somebody in their sixties could be doing it better. Oh, okay. Well, that's, uh, I don't. Uh, that's not get, the nicest thing to say. Gotta admit, <laughs> you, you had us in the first half, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, I I wish mail was still delivered by horses, dude. I know that would be awesome. Yeah, for for my sake, not for the mailman's sake. But. Oh yeah, no, I just want to see the horsies. <laughs> I just want to see the horsies. Yeah. The horsies. That that'll be the t-shirt of this episode. <laughs> I just want to see the horses. I just want to see the horsies. All right. Well, thanks everybody. We will see you guys on the next one. Bye bye. Bye bye.